the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Go on, Joe. Say what number it is. 151. 151? Can you believe it? There's people who still listen to this. Apparently. <laughs> Joe. Well, yeah, what are we talking about? Talking about gym motivation, James. How to get up and go do it, clanging and banging. <laughs> to quote the rock. You can tell me you just train in the mornings because you, <laughs> you can also go in the evenings. Um, yeah, I mean, you could get up in the evening as well. Hey, the shift workers. We don't discriminate. So, at time of recording, it's the 10th of February. The January motivation has slowly dropped off. I'll tell you what's an interesting stat, Joe. There are twice as many downloads from part one of How to Have an Awesome 2023 than there are to part four. Just four (laughs) weeks later, the percentage of, of downloads to that podcast have gone in half, which I thought was interesting. Hopefully that's... That doesn't keep going long term. <laughs> Until it's just your mom who's accidentally <laughs> downloaded it 42 times. Um, but Joe, yeah, so I thought we could have a little catch-up. Plans for 2023 physically. I don't want to hear about you learning to, I don't know, speak German. Okay. What are your plans? Come on. So, well, so from a fitness perspective then, I'm currently about as light as I've ever been, like aside from... Being a Big child yeah. as an adult. So currently kicking around, I don't know, like 15 and a half stones, something like that, which is so I'm pretty happy with the, the lean. It's the same as always this stuff, isn't it? Is you get in the best shape of your life and you go, let's just be a little bit leaner, a little bit bigger, which is just as a man, pretty much who's into the gym, uh, pretty much a constant. You'd always like to be a bit bigger and a bit leaner. Um, but the, the, the main win has been that it's been sustainable. I've been at this weight now for... I got there just before Christmas, and now I'm a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going on holiday in four weeks. Go to America. So I'm about look. what? I've told you <laughs> didn't know this. <laughs> well, you do now, anyway. So I'm going to have a bit more of a push now to get a little bit leaner. And then I've decided that as much as I'd be kind of happy staying, this the leanness that I'm at now is the, there's not a lot of food. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a reverse diet, which is going to be different to all the reverse diets before, which is basically where I've seen whatever I wanted and <laughs> done the opposite of a diet. And I'm going to gradually build up my food. I'm going to try and test drive doing this, doing a reverse diet and trying to optimize my metabolism. And anytime I've tried this before, I've just not been able to do it consistently because I've just not been able to string together months and months of eating a consistent amount of calories each day. And when people talk about reverse dieting, you have to be so diligent with it. And it's so difficult to do because you can't just sack it off for a couple of days because it just throws all the numbers. So the plan is to then get bigger, get stronger, get heavier. Hopefully it's then diet back down to a similar weight that I'm at now. So I can then be maybe a little bit bigger 
but ideally just on more food. So that's going to take me the year. That's my plan. I'll be really boring if no one's got any interest in that sort of stuff. But <laughs> well, yeah, because get ready for mine because it's very similar actually. So I've you know over the years I always kind of like yo-yoed, and when I say like yo-yo, and I appreciate I say this to people all the time, like when we talk about like, all right, I've gotten fat. That's fat by our standards, and I don't mean like we've gone to like twenty-six stone or anything like that. But when I feel out of shape, that's when I'll say like I've kind of got fat. So this year for me is all about consistency. So back with Johnny. Keep me accountable. I'm going to do the in-body every single month. So the start of each month, which basically, it's not 100% accurate, but it gives you an idea of your lean muscle mass, your body fat, obviously your weight and everything else. So for my goals is to, and again, it's not accurate because it says I'm like 11% body fat now, which I'm not. I, I, I'd say I'm kind of like, again, this is all just conjecture from my eyes. I'd say kind of 15, 16%. I've got abs in good light if I flex really hard. <laughs> so I'd like to get down. So you've to... got abs then. Do not take that away from yourself. That's, my, <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I'm at as well. If my arms are over my head, I'm really dehydrated. <laughs> and the light's like right over my head. Lots of, lots of salt the night before. That's a treat as well. Being hungover works well too. Yeah, no, that's not for me. I won't be able to flex. I'd be sick uh, or soil myself. So yeah, that, that's goal for me is to add, kind of get my muscle mass, according to that, is about 52 kilos, so I want to get up to 55, and then keep my body fat at a level that I'm happy with. So it's a very kind of slowly, slowly approach I'm taking. So for January, what I did was, instead of going like, right, it's January, let's get shredded, I've just gone, you know what, let's see what I can get away with. And I've eaten a lot of food, a lot of good food, but then checked in, okay, right, my, my muscle mass has gone up from when I did it in December. No, I did it at the start of January, sorry. So my muscle mass has gone up, but so is my body fat. So it's like, okay, right, now I know what I need to do. I need to tone back a little bit of my food. So this month's going to be pulling back a little bit more of my food, just being a bit more consistent with my tracking. And then I'll see what it says next month. And then that will dictate what I do the following month, whether I can go like, all right, I can try and like you push my calories up a little bit higher and see what happens. But it's all about just tracking my progress and staying consistent. But ideally... I want to drop that body fat and then just slowly edge up my muscle mass instead of doing like a crazy, you know, six, eight week strict diet. And then you're just doing of, so you're doing a little bit of a diet now. Yeah. And then gonna add more food afterwards. So you've made yeah. it a, little, a bit bit further back than where I am. Yeah. So I'm gonna do do four weeks of kind of on not lower calories, but like I said, I have sporadically tracked over January. It's very kind of free and easy, just using the mirror really, going like, right, I'm looking okay, I'm looking okay. I'm definitely going to a little bit of body fat, but I'm a lot bigger and my strength has gone up quite significantly because I've gained like three kilos, so I'll probably could put on a, mm. half a stone. But again, that's not all muscle. That's like my body's going, oh, there's loads of food here. What's going on? Let's fill up his muscles. So, do, you, do you have a level of weight or body fat or anything that you'll get to and and taper it down? Or how are you going to assess that? Well, just using that in-body as the guide. So I want to right. keep that into single digits. So it's about 11 now. And I know when we did that photo shoot for the just for the socials and stuff, when I jumped on the in-body there, he was saying that I was like about like 8% or something like that. Again, I definitely wasn't 8%. I don't think I've ever been 8% in my life. Um, so if I can get between there and kind of where I'm at right now, then I'll be... Comfortable, happy. Again, I'm quite happy with how I look right now, but same as you. Like you're always chasing that what you look like when you're pumped. 
Yeah. <laughs> or when you really, or when you like suspiciously lean. Like I've done, I've done something with my food here that makes me look a bit different. I did that. I did it the other day actually. I I did a semi post about it. So I got on the scales and I was like, oh, I'm up like pound and a half from where I was, you know, from and I'd been kind of consistently lower and had a bit of a jump. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And I was looking at, then I did a video on the snack that I'd had the day before and I had 300 grams of ham. I saw the salt and I was like, yeah, that might be it. I'd had like six grams, six grams of salt in the evening. Delicious. Like, yeah, that's going to throw it, that, that'll throw it off a bit. But it's, it feels quite nice to be, uh, to be more consistent and to have more control over it and to be able to say, right, I'm going to consciously, because I don't know if you've ever seen the, the pictures of Lane Norton, who's a, uh, a a big name in the fitness industry, and him when he like really forced his calories up and and got soft and fluffy and fat for him, and then when he dieted down because he was dieting down, from, and this is why we're doing it. When you diet down from such a high calorie point, because you've pushed those calories up consciously, it means that you can then be leaner but on more food, or be as lean as you've been but on more food. So for me at the moment, I don't know how many calories I'm on, but I know my portions of food i'd like to be able to be on bigger portions of food but be the same way i am now and maybe a bit bigger if i could too you know it's about kind of getting that balance and it's it's just kind of pushing pushing and seeing what you're capable of whereas and if you're not consistent you can't do that and if you're not consistent with your food and your training you just don't have the the option of ever doing i mean you could do but it would just be such a nightmare to try and track if you're not tracking your training and or you know if you if you're just eating whatever you fancy you have to have that consistency you know and so by eating similar meals, I know you're you're happier calorie tracking than I am. Yeah. I'm quite happy to eat oats, an oatmeal for breakfast, two rice meals and a potato meal every day. So I can then adjust my portions, my calories that way. Uh, just find what works for you. And if it doesn't work, then I will have to follow what you've done. But for now, I'm going to just try it that way. But all about monitoring and then tweaking. But I think the big thing for me is like commit to this for a year, which is not part of the podcast, but something that I see people really struggle with. Like, I'm going to do this for six weeks. I'm going to do this for three. Yeah. Like, what, imagine what you could do in a year. Like, what's this thing is like people massively overestimate what they can do in a week, massively underestimate what they can achieve in a year. There's that really interesting, uh, when you look at, so for us creating content, looking at how, what people search in Google, can you guess how many talk about how much weight I can lose in six months or 12 months? Or how yeah. many people are talking about weeks or a month it's massive and yeah. all of it is how much weight how much fat how much can i lose in one week two weeks three weeks four weeks five weeks maybe a couple of searches for seven weeks and then no one gives a toss you know you have to have that long-term focus which probably ties us quite nicely into gym motivation because we're now at the time of recording what six weeks into the new year and i don't know if it's See if your answer matches mine. When we worked at Virgin, when did you notice that the gym started to get quieter after the New Year's rush? But of, about the 20th, mid-20s of January. Because like yeah. three weeks. Three exactly weeks, what I said, yeah. yeah. Three weeks and then a drop-off and then, yeah, that'd be it. And then February kind of picked up for PT because people have been paid again and then realised that January hadn't been as successful as they wanted it to be. They needed some help. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's there, there's the gym hardcore, isn't there? The 6am club, the same version. It was the same 30 people. The gym I'm at is the same 10 people. And it's, you know, it's back to the, that group already. You know, it's and it, to be fair, I was saying to you before, the gym's a bit busier now, but that could be any number of, of factors. Um, but it's something people really struggle with, you know, that people want to exercise on the whole when they're in a rational 
place but then at 6 a.m or after work or when other things are going on it can often then be one of the first things that falls by the wayside and it's you know uh, James Clear like a keystone habit in that when your exercise goes your food goes your sleep goes your self-care goes and actually once you start training people's eating just tends to be better as well so it's it is a really important one to, to work on and what we're going to talk about today boom so Joe gym motivation how can people stay motivated for the gym you see what i did there just switched all the words around very good number one focus on progress look for improvements very often people go in and say my watch says i've burnt this many calories or they'll focus on getting achy yeah, getting achy or maybe just the stuff that they you know, I absolutely love doing Pilates and, and water zumba. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you're going to struggle to make progression with it. And one of the, the points that we're going to make in a bit is about enjoyment. And for me, something that I particularly like is I enjoy seeing progress. I don't necessarily love lifting weights. I don't even particularly enjoy it. I like the outcome, which again we'll talk about in a minute, but I like seeing that progression. And there is a sense of satisfaction that people get by getting better at things. And one of the reasons people aren't motivated to go to the gym is because they're not very good at it. I wouldn't want to go to Zumba or a life drawing class or anything like that because I'm not very good at those things. And so if you just look at the end results or if you uh, compare yourself to other people or any number of comparison pieces that don't serve you, you have to just focus on your journey and what you're getting better at. Because if you are, you know, if you're a track star in school or whatever, then you're probably going to be quite good at the gym. If you've never been in one before, then you're probably going to struggle and feel uncomfortable and not move particularly well to start with. But as with anything, the longer you do it for, the easier it will get and the better you'll be. That whole piece of like, you know, people focusing on calorie burn for the workouts. And again, I, you know, people, uh, I've had messages from people like going like, I'm going to do running. I know it's not great for fat loss. Like, Stop concentrating on just fat loss for your exercise. Concentrate on longevity. What benefits is this going to give you long-term rather than just how many calories does this burn? Well, spinning burns more calories, so I should do spinning like, not necessarily. So you're just missing that bigger picture and that whole progression piece. It is, you know, you have to keep on challenging, challenging changes. Yeah, you don't challenge, you don't change. And I was thinking about this when I was training the other day because obviously like you joe log my workouts and i go right i did 60 kilograms for nine reps last week or whatever bent over us so now i have to do well how do i progress that i don't have to do 70 kilos i don't have to do 80 kilos i don't have to do 65 kilos i have to do one more rep that's it that's how i progress my workouts just one more rep and maybe i'll do three more reps you never know maybe i'll do 65 kilos but just to make that progress all i have to do in that workout is just do one more rep but because people don't log, because people don't have plans, there's no way of seeing that that progress. And that's all you need to do is just get one more rep to get better. And I get it. You know, you've got that instant gratification and, and going back to like, you know, exercise selection and people focusing on the wrong things or got really out of breath or was knackered or my legs were so achy. They're not signs of great workouts. You know, again, like people go like, oh, it was a great workout. I was aching for days. Like, I could give you a thousand squats to do and you would be, you know, collapsing on the way out of the gym or whatever. It's a dog shit workout. It's not going to do anything for you. When were you last really sore from a workout? Do you know? 
it's only ever when I've really like when I've changed an exercise or I've massively changed my rep scheme. Yeah, see, I've not been sore in in months and months. And it's... No, I, to all, this month I don't think I've been sore. And my like I said, <laughs> I've, I've been consistently training five days a week, uh, heavy weights, strength going up. Never like you know. Sometimes you can feel it a little bit, like oh my chest you know kind of like feels like it's a little bit sore like it feels like it's been worse but it's never like oh my god i feel like i've been bitten by a shark i'm never like walking down the stairs like my legs are backwards and it's and it's a it is a bit of a bitter pill to swallow to get ready <laughs> but if you're super sore from your workout <laughs> it's a sign that you've tried a new workout or it's a sign that you're quite deconditioned that you know you're not used to the level of training that is required because actually, if you can suddenly do 10 more reps and your body's really sore, it means the session before you weren't working very hard. You know, you say there about progression, like I will see one or two reps on a on a, uh, a on a, an adjustment, so to speak. Like if I've got my numbers, so I say if I hit eight reps, the weight goes up. So one week I'll get five. I'll never get eight the next week. It's not how fast progression works. It will be six or seven at a push. And it's about those small incremental gains repeated month on month. It's never going to be, you know, this one big moment. It's just got to be those small progressions. Like I say, and if you are moving up, so say if you get three sets of 12, you move the weight up, you get three sets of 12, you get to move the weight up, you get three sets of 12. You need to move the weight up faster. It's so many people are working within their capacity. Is this idea about when people are quite new to training, they really struggle to predict their reps in reserve. So, you know, if you say to somebody, you know, using an, an RPE scale of nine, the suggestion there is out of 10 is you should have one rep in reserve. But you watch most people train. And when they they look, you know, reflect on their own training or whatever it may be, people just work within themselves. And so you have to work on progressing what you're doing. You know, you can't just go, well, I did three sets of 12. That was quite hard. So I'll do that again next week. That's never going to get easy. It's never going to be the point where that feels comfortable. And so you just have to work on constant, never-ending progression, always adjusting the weights or the numbers that you do. And, you know, that's the problem with your Zumbas and your your spins and stuff like that, is you, you're not going to have those pieces. We're probably not, uh, not preaching to the choir here too well. Probably a lot of people switched off by, no, they're not talking about that stuff. But this is this is what works. This is what will get you where you want to be. And if that's running, then track that too. You know, there's, if you just get you know a second off your 5k every week at your park run then you will get fit in a couple of years time because that's how long these things take and realistically you're not going to pull a second off you probably will be able to pull five to ten seconds off especially when you first start and then obviously the more training you do the more structured it is the more progress you'll see and that in itself can be its own reward oh and you know again just to caveat with the Zumba stuff is we're talking about kind of like optimal exercise we're talking about now this is you know it's weird isn't it because people like like what's the best diet what's the best food to eat they all want this kind of like optimal approach food wise but then training wise I'll just stick to my classes and that's fine you know we're not saying don't exercise we never say that I want everyone to exercise I'd also love everyone to lift weights because it's the fountain of youth, you know. If if there's one thing that have the biggest positive impact on you, it's going to be a combination of resistance training and aerobic activity. I said to Chrissy, my partner's a physio. I said, you know, do you think that people need to spend more time for optimal health on mobility or strength? And she was like, strength. 
people need to be stronger. And yes, having a level of mobility is important, but most people, the, the reason they are overweight or immobile is because of their lack of strength. If you watch people struggling to get upstairs or get out of chairs, it's not because they've not got the range of movement of a gymnast, it's because they're not strong enough. I agree. So one thing we works, and again, I kind of touched on it a bit, like that instant gratification of like, I do a hit, I'm really hot, I'm really sweaty, I'm really out of breath. Lifting weights is all about delayed gratification. You don't, you know, do a big leg workout. Let's go for a, a big bum workout. Let's go for a glute workout. Try and relate to the audience slightly, maybe a little bit more. I do like to work my glutes. And come back and your butt's grown two inches. It takes time. And I understand the, the frustration around that. But again, you've got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. What benefits am I putting in here? What is this habit going to do for me long term? And again, we can go into all the stats of like um, fall prevention and basically people dying from falling over. You know, in, in older age, like it's so important to for bone density. It's so important for your fall prevention, for injury prevention, for all these things. And like you said, being mobile, independent, all those things from this one small action. And again, I'll say it blows my mind. It doesn't blow my mind. It's such a small investment of time to maintain your strength or even build a bit of strength, you know, a couple of hours a week. But the payoff is huge. But people are either not aware of it or don't want to acknowledge it. Like, I don't want to shatter when I fall over when I'm older. I want to be able to get myself up off the floor. I want to be able to carry things. I want to be independent as possible. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm planting the seeds now to reap the rewards later. You know, my mum's a perfect example of this. I'm 32. My mum's my mom 68. Yeah, I think so. You know, she joined a gym. She's joined a gym a few times in the past few years, but they've really taken her weight training more seriously in the past year. She just passed her year of working with her personal trainer. And there's just... Of course, there are always going to be excuses, and there's going to be excuses that are more legitimate than others. But age is one of not the worst ones, but it's it's almost like somebody says, "I'm so unfit, I can't go to the gym." Like that's the reason you need to go. And if you are older, then you need to do these things. Now, that's the reason your the clock is ticking. You are running out of time. You have to. You don't have to do whatever you want. But you're the one who benefit the most from this. You know, is it is it you lose? What is it? One I can't remember the stats, but how much muscle you lose? It's about when you're about 30, 35, isn't it? You start to lose your muscle year on year. Yeah. And so it's this is entirely in your hands. And you know, you could buy some dumbbells and do some walking lunges and some chest presses and some shoulder presses and some rows at home. And it doesn't have to be going to a gym. It doesn't have to be optimal progression. It's making sure it's on this sliding scale it's very easy to be like well i can't go to the gym so well, i can't do that like how many people buy weight pieces of weight kit you know it's unbelievable thank in covid you know it, it went um sales went up and people made lots of money making it there's more gym kits secondhand now than probably at any other point in human history that you can get hold of and so it's about finding those solutions to problems like you said it's just cover a couple of the pieces you said there about that delayed gratification, doing the things that are uncomfortable in order to give you a better quality of life. And you touched on it there as well about how you don't need as much time as you think, especially when it comes to muscle maintenance. We were talking before the podcast started, and it's something like 
it takes one seventh of the effort to maintain muscle as it does to grow new muscle. And a lot of people who we work with will be under-muscled. So what I mean there is if you start lifting weights and you just eat a bit more protein, you will put on muscle. You don't have to go to, you know, these extreme lengths, like almost like me and you do, of working really hard and progressing the weights and tracking it and going four or five times a week. You won't have to do that because you're at the beginner end of that spectrum, of that scale. You're going to be able to add muscle and increase your longevity and health really quickly through minimal efforts. And then once you've achieved that progression, you'll be able to maintain that more easily. And that's what I'm saying about the lunges and doing stuff at home. Like it will help. It's not going to be optimal, but it's going to be a hell of a lot better than doing nothing. Just to touch on a couple of things you said then, you, you, I thought you were going to cover it. I was like, oh, don't do that, Joe. Talking about the um, the rate that you lose muscle, I think it's about a pound a year from 35, which again, that doesn't sound like a lot, does it? A pound a year. But like you said there, if you're under muscle, so going back to what I said at the start with my in-body, where it says like, all right, you've got 55 kilograms of lean muscle. Like, well, I've got a fair amount to spare, you know, to spare there. I'm going to throw it out there that I've probably got more muscle mass than most of the listeners. You know, the, what's Fenton saying? He's, he's disagreeing with me. He's just a liar. <laughs> he's laughing. He's like, I've seen you last week. <laughs> so like you said, if you're under muscle, if you've got 20 kilos of muscle, all of a sudden, a pound a year is a lot. That's a lot to lose. You know, for over a case of, you know, 15 years or something, all of a sudden you've not got a lot of muscle left. The other person who's going to fall over when the bus stops, you know, the other person who's going to slip and fall and shatter the hip. But to speak on that, again, like you don't have to give up. I mean, what's the saying? Is it like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago? Mm. The next best time is right now. So like your mum, you're not just going to go like, well, I'm in my 60s. What's the point? Well, no, there's still improvements to be made. There's still things you can do. Again, there's still things that will positively impact your quality of life. Getting stronger is definitely going to be one of those things. Like that or you're choosing, you're, you're physically choosing to get weaker and weaker, be less mobile, be less active, you know, be less independent, I suppose. Like you're actively choosing that by not doing these things, by not choosing to do these things. And again, a lot of the stuff we do with clients, isn't it? Sometimes we'll kind of talk about this reframing why we're doing these things and moving away from that like you know i need to exercise to to burn calories because that's going to help me lose weight no you need to exercise because it's going to be amazing for your body for your health long term for your independence for you being a useful parent you know the the i did a live video today saying if you struggle with motivation to look after yourself and you're a parent it's not your choice anymore that's part of your role. That's part of your job to look after yourself because your kids are dependent on you. Like It's an obligation. It's a moral obligation that you chose when you became a parent. You took that on as your job role. I need to look after myself. I need to be strong. I need to be fit. I need to be healthy. As I possibly can, again, there's always going to be wild cards. You can't prevent everything, but you can do what you can to prevent those things. You know, people still get sick. But if you're not doing... If you're not eating well, if you're not moving well, if you're not, you know, staying as, as strong as possible, then what are you doing? So that was my little rant this morning on the live video. I'll make sure to not cover it when I do a live video as well. <laughs> but yeah, because you'll get slated for not being a dad. 
You're like, you don't understand, Joe. I'm like, well, I do understand. And I understand that, like, you know, it's my role now to be as useful as possible to my son. And that's not me being bedbound or having him to come round to look after me. Like, no, if there's stuff that I can do to prevent that, I'm going to do that. That's my job. That's what I signed up for. But yeah, that reframe of those things can be very, very powerful instead of just being like, well, uh, I want to lift weights to get toned. Like, how about you lift weights so that you stay strong and independent? Like, oh, well, that's much more powerful than just like, I want to look good this summer, which again, I'm all for vanity-based goals as well. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? If we go on holiday this year, I'll definitely do a little mini diet before because I want to feel good in my speedos, good in my two-piece. If that's not enough to turn your stomach, then... I'm <laughs> <laughs> back to the podcast. There was something you touched on there about the words that you use and, and the reframing piece is that if you tell yourself that dieting's hell and gym's a drag and you hate lifting weights then what's going to happen you know that's going to become your reality you're not going to change the way that you feel about it by white knuckling and gritting your teeth and making yourself go to the gym it has to be something that you enjoy it has to be something that you want to do you know we human beings act according to how they think and feel and if you feel awful in the gym and you think it's hell on earth then you're not going to do it at some point it's you know, I mentioned it before about the piece of <clears throat> with the with the exercise that I like is I like the outcome. I like I, you know as part of my optimal identity would be someone who is physically muscular, lean, athletic. That's something that I have chosen to buy into. I'm going to do a content piece on this and the, the joy with your identity. If you see yourself as fat and lazy, that's something that you've subconsciously chosen. You weren't born that way. There's just been a, a series of factors that have convinced you that's how things are. But at any point, you can change. You can choose a different identity. And if you want to be health-focused, if you want to be the parent that you didn't have and the parent that, that you would have aspired to be for your children, or you just want to be the human being that you aspire to be, you know, that would probably be my piece at the moment. I want to be fit and healthy and set a good example to others. It's important to me, alongside the vanity-based piece as well that you get to choose that. And therefore, that process ties into that outcome. And it's just framing this in a way that resonates and works for you. Because you can't force yourself to do this. You have to find the reasons why you're doing it. Because if you don't, it's going to stop. and You're going to lose that motivation. So there's a, a Tony Robbins quote, I can't remember. But he was saying that we will always act in accordance with our identity. And no matter what we try and make ourselves do, we'll constantly keep going back to that. So if you start to look at who you want to be and that person that you, you'd aspire to be, it's going to make it easier. And if you continue to focus on that, it's going to be easier for you to then take the right actions. But that's a, a tool or an outlook that I've used with clients before when they want, want to exercise, but then maybe like, don't like it. I hate doing this. I hate doing that. And again, like if you don't enjoy the process, then enjoy the outcomes. And it reminds me of a conversation I had recently you know, like a little kind of, uh, is this analogy? I'm not sure. Where I spoke to one of my friends who I've not seen for, for ages, for years. And Tanya was asking him about his job and she's like, do you enjoy it? And he's like, no, not really. He's like a kind of data analyst, IT management for the NHS. Skydiving F1 driver then, no? 
No, no, no. And she was kind of saying, well, what would you do? What would be your dream job? You know, what would be your passion? You hear this kind of often where people are like, no, you should pursue your passion. You should do your dream job all the time. You, should, you shouldn't you should do a job that you hate. You know, what's it? Find a job that you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And I said, well, no. I was like, because. Oh, <laughs> again. I thought you were going to say, no, because I hate sustain. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy doing this. But what I kind of said was like, from my perspective, it was like, you can do a job that you don't like if you enjoy the outcome. So if that job that you don't particularly enjoy, you don't love, but you do, forge you to live the life that you want to live, you know, you can go on holidays and you can do this, you can do that, and you can pay for this, you can pay for that, then that's worth doing. That small amount of, you know, uh, discomfort or annoyance is well worth it for, for the payoff that it gives. And, and you can frame that with the exercise stuff. Okay, you hate going to the gym but you love being strong and fit and toned and physically able. Okay, well, cool. And that's worth that small inconvenience of whatever, 90 minutes, two hours a week. I'm not talking about a day. I'm talking about a week in total. You could do three 45-minute workouts. That's going to be enough to get those results. You know, obviously, if it's a decent training plan and attacked with enough intensity. So you don't always have to love the process you can love the outcome. You can frame it like that. Like, I don't enjoy doing this. You know, we've spoken about this before. Like, I'm not picking up, you know, doing a deadlift on my, like, eighth rep where I feel like I'm going to prolapse going, this is the best. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, but I enjoy the facts that I'm strong enough to do that. That's the way to frame it. You know, it's not like, oh, I love this. But afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. So if you don't enjoy the process, do you enjoy the outcomes? Again, it's just another way of looking at it and getting motivated and going, yes, I want these outcomes. This is a process. Like, I'm going to go do this job that I don't enjoy because I can do X, Y, and Z when I get paid. It's worth it to me to do that. Now, if you're doing a job, i got to shut up. If you're doing a job that you hate and you're getting paid naff all, yeah, it's probably not going to be much fun. But, you know, it's just how you frame these things. Yeah, with the job piece, I guess it, it depends what it facilitates the rest of your life, doesn't it? If it gives yeah. you the lifestyle that you want and your family lifestyle you want, and that's a willing trade-off that you're you're happy to make, then that's all good. Thinking about what you said there, one of the things that really changed the gym for me was listening to books and podcasts. I always used to say to myself, I can't concentrate on them, so what's the point? I genuinely enjoy more now the days when I go to the gym and I do some steady-state cardio because I get to listen or read my book for an hour. Because me and Chrissy go to gyms that are near to each other. So she will go to the gym, I'll get up with her, and then I will go read my book or listen to it on Audible. Or when I'm lifting weights, I will listen to a podcast. I'll listen to an Audible. That's the best bit for me. Honestly, I enjoy that more than I do the weights. And if I could look that way and just do the reading, then I would do that. And it's about kind of finding <laughs> those bits that, that you enjoy. I said I like the progression. I also like being able to listen to my podcasts, you know, alongside all the benefits that it gives me. So you can see there how I'm building this story about all the bits that I like rather than the bits that are an inconvenience. And to take us on to our, our last point is all of this is a skill that you ingrain through repetition. I'm very fortunate that I first started going to the gym when I was 14, you know, so nearly 20 years for me now. So it's just what I do. It's not something I have to consciously make myself do. And I've had periods of time where I haven't gone, you know, during COVID, I don't, I don't think I went to the gym and lifted weights for 18 months. You know, I, I did try something else, did something new. But then it's an easy habit to fall back into. 
because once you get comfortable with the movements, once you get confident in a gym setting, once you get happier logging your workouts on your phone, recording that data. You know, I used to go with a pen and pad, you know, and, and just record those things that way. Now it's, it's it, you know, uh, technology is removing those obstacles and making it all easier. You've now got access to everything online that shows you all the technique pieces and how to perform the movements properly. Over time, it just gets easier and easier and easier and more and more comfortable and you'll be happier and happier doing it. But you have to go through that initial discomfort to get there. And it, it then comes down to whether this is important enough to you. Well, it's part of your identity now, isn't it? I mean, you know, to, to quote one of the bits from James Clear's Atomic Habits when he said, there's two people trying to quit smoking and someone offers them a cigarette and one of them says, no, thank you, I'm trying to quit. And the other one says, no, thank Oh, no, thanks, I don't smoke. The person who identifies not, as a person... I'm not a smoker, isn't yeah, it? The person who identifies as not a smoker is more likely to succeed. So for me... I'm a person who works out. I go to the gym. I enjoy that. That's part of my identity. It's part of what I do. That's why I find it really easy. And you so, might not have consciously decided, sorry to jump in, you might not oh. have consciously decided to do that, but you can do. And mm. anyone listening to that can make that decision and say, right, this is who I am going forwards. There's one of my clients whose husband says that every day he wakes up and he reminds himself that he's a runner. Because And what do runners do? They run. And it's, it's such a simple piece and you might not even believe it at first, but I really do think that if you repeat this enough, then you, you know you can change your identity and who you are. Sorry. Which is ultimately, yeah, no, I'm going to say which is ultimately what we want. You know, when we do some of the goal setting piece, you're like, okay, where do you want to be in six months' time? What does that version of Joe look like? What they're thinking, how they're acting, what they're doing, because that's what we want to mimic. You know, all right, that version of Joe's getting up and he's doing, you know, forty five minutes of steady state cardio, listen to an audio book every morning cool now not necessarily saying like you have to jump go right right six month version because it might be too much mm. but okay what else is joe doing that we can pick up right well he's eating the same foods every single day like he's <laughs> <laughs> you know he's wearing the same yeah, clothes that really, that really resonate everyone loves <laughs> eating the same things day after day don't they <laughs> no but i mean like you know i'm talking for you as an example you know so you could be like you know what what does that version of helen do Right. Well, she sits down on a Sunday, she plans her meals for the week, and then she goes shopping. Cool. What else does she do? She takes her own lunches to work with her. Cool. What else does she do? She makes time for herself to do self-care twice a week. Okay. What else does she do? And you can start picking these things up that becomes part of your identity. This is just what I do. You know, on, on a really small scale, I do this with with clients. You know, you know, clients love to up the water intake, and I'm all for it. It's just not going to be the tipping point, but that's the subject of another rant. So you go, okay, right, what's the specific struggle with water? Forget to drink it. Okay, cool. Every time you have a meal, have a glass of water. And then the more you do that, all of a sudden, you will find that you are the person who drinks water whilst they're eating. It just becomes part of what you do. It becomes part of a habit. It's part of your identity, you know, on a smaller scale. So by through repetition, these things will become part of what you do. I had a bonus one into that because I found it's worked really well for me. I set myself a goal of, I set the goal last year to read a hundred books. I didn't do it. I don't know how far I got. And there, right. and therein lies the problem. I think I probably did about 60, but there's the problem. I didn't track it. I had no idea where I was in regards to that tangible goal. And so it's then really easy to be like, oh, I read quite a few books, pat myself on the back, job done. I didn't achieve the goal that I set myself. And so this year I've started recording 
what, what books I've read, when I finished them, how what running total I'm on. And that is been the tipping point is it then keeps me focused. It then holds my attention on that. And when it comes to your exercise, tracking how many days you've got or what you've been doing and seeing that progression over time can be that reminder when you have that low point, oh, it's not working. Well, hang on. I've been to the gym, quick scroll, four days a week for the past five weeks. Oh, that's really good. And that's all that you need sometimes to keep growing. And people often think about health and fitness changing your life as being like this cataclysmic moment in time where everything changes. And it never is. It's always a thousand tiny progressions of saying, oh, do you know what? I'm going to get a new training plan. In fact, I could use my own examples here. I'm going to get a training plan. I'm going to, I'm going to invest some money in a coach. Oh, I'm going to do it. I don't like when people record themselves in the gym, just my personal preference, but I'll do that because then I can get a little bit better. I'll ask him some questions about how to do this. Oh, actually, do you know what? I think I, I can probably pull down my calories a little bit more. And actually, I can probably, um, and I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do a little bit more cardio in the evenings. I'm going to bring my rice down a bit. I've probably mentioned eight things there that I've done in the past two months. You know, and that is compared to 20 years. And I've had times when I've done the same things for a year or I've not done something for a year. There's always those little progression points that over time add up and it can get you to that place of success. It's when people will not start because it's not going to be perfect. Well, then you're never going to change then. One more rep. That's all you need to do. Absolutely. You know, and if, you, if the one thing you do is you start going, you know, we talk about this all the time, this kind of, paralysis by the want for perfection okay you don't have a lot of time what can you do i can't remember i wrote a post i think it's going out anyway i can't remember it's like stop focusing on what you can't do focus on what you can do okay what can you do well i'll tell you what you're gonna do this is something that I, I say to people all the time i don't have time for this right now well i'll tell you what you're going to be doing i guarantee you're still going to be eating food so there's still something that we can do you're still going to be going to that fridge you're still going to go to the supermarket so what can we do well, we can log our food Okay, what else can we do? Maybe we can prioritize protein at each meal. What else can we do? Nothing, right? Cool, let's focus on that then. Could we maybe drink a bit of water as well? Yeah, cool. So there's three things that are going to have a real big impact. You know, again, not going 100 miles an hour, we're going 10 miles an hour. 10 miles an hour, it's a lot faster than zero miles an hour. So it's slightly off topic. Focus on what you can do. What you can do. You know, it, like we said right at the start of this podcast, like this is us talking about weight training. We know it's not for everyone, but maybe with the benefits that we've talked about here and the way you can frame it, maybe we'll get a few more people lifting weights. Fingers crossed. And I don't mean bloody two kilogram Davina McCall weights. You have to lift heavier than your goddamn shopping. You know what? If you can deadlift and pick up your suitcase to put it onto the bloody weighing conveyor belt, whatever it is, the airport, stop convincing me that you can deadlift you can only deadlift 10 kilograms and you're not convincing us we know the truth <laughs> don't doubt yourself any more to add to that joe no only i guess the, the last point for me you know i, I poo poo people saying if you keep being able to do three sets of 12 at a heavier weight then you need to progress it faster as long as you're progressing honestly because if you just if you start you know people say where do i start if you start on the lightest weight on the stack on the machines and you do three sets of 12 and then the next week you do the second weight and then you do the third weight you'll still be progressing faster than 90 percent of the people in the gym just progress that's the key thing to, to take from this for me is that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be optimal a lot of stuff we've spoken about here is you know you're always going to be 
coloured. You, you know, you'll, you'll be looking at life through your own lenses. And so for me and James, as people who've done this for 20, 30 years, we're always going to have that because that, that's been our experience. But if you're at a different point, you need to look at it in a different way. And as long as you're progressing, that's the key thing. Yeah. Just to touch on that before we finish, another point. Here we get, we obviously like lifting. It will catch up with you. That's so like you said, if you start on the bottom stack and you do 12 reps and then you go up and you do 12 reps, so you're, eventually it's going to get to that bit where you're all right. I can just do 12 reps with that. Yeah. Yeah. I could just do that. The, the, the bit that we're aware of is people do that. So they'll go like, I did three sets of 12 with 10 kilograms. I'm like, okay. For me, after that first set of 12, you go like, right, I could do it with 10 kilograms. So let me try the next weight up, whether that's 12 and a half or 12 or whatever. When people go like, I'm going to do that next week. Like, well, you can do, but then you might have found that actually your, your, your biting point for 12 reps is 17 and a half. So it's taken you four weeks to get there when we could have done that in one workout. So that's the only kind of drawback on that. But again, just work hard. Try and fight for one more rep. That's it. Done. Perfect. Podcast over. Right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Join our free support group. Anything else you want to offer them, Joe? We've got a million things going on in that group. million downloads. <laughs> There's tons. There's so much stuff in the group. And if you go in the group and go, do you know what? I'd really like to help with this then one of us will put something together for you in the form of a video or some advice. Yeah, so you can Get find the, the find the link in the show notes if you're not already a member. If you are a member, put your hand up and then just go, I need some help with this. And we'll let you know what to do. We'd love to help you. Right, that's it. Thanks as always for listening. Learning a bit about more about me and Joe.